Smith has it. Knicks down three. Should the Bulls foul? No. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. All right. Recording is 618, the 10th of November. Episode one of season two. Me and Nolan back on the mic. The dynamic duo are back together. 10 games into the regular season. Man, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks are seven and three, seven and four, 11 games in. Uh, they play the Bucks tonight, uh, coming back after, you know, Randall outplayed Giannis in the second half of that game away. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the on the Knicks' first 11 games, you know, defensively, offensively? Uh, how you feel? Um, so with the Knicks so far in the first 11 games, like you said, they're seven and four. Um, there's there's some issues there definitely are and the most frustrating part to me is that it seems like we beat most of the good teams and have been losing to like teams we should be beating like we should have never lost to cleveland we should have never lost that second game to orlando like there's just games that we shouldn't be dropping that we are but at the same time we started off slow last year. We added in like an entire new backcourt. I think that that's going to take some time to adjust to, and Tibbs is going to have to, within the realm of what Tibbs is willing to adjust on his defensive scheme, which isn't much, he's going to have to work out some things with that backcourt defensively because that perimeter defense, as we kind of talked about a little bit before the pod, is really showing, especially against bigger lineups, how it can be an issue. So, I mean, I'm comfortable and I'm confident. I think that they're better than wherever they're at in the East right now. I think they're, what, like seventh in the East or something? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of teams bunched up together right now. That's what I mean. It's so early in the season. It's hard to tell. And like, But, I mean, 538 has them about at about a 70% chance of making the playoffs. So, I mean – they have them going 45 and 37, which she would have told me that at the beginning of the year, I'd be right around where I expected them to be. They're on pace for what I expected them to be. I didn't expect them to come out and have like a 72 Warriors season or something crazy. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there are issues, but um, compared to the issues we had last year, I'll take these issues like every time. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, the perimeter defense has looked extremely suspect at times. Like, at times, we can't guard anybody. You know, we had Ricky mm -hmm. Rubio really tear us up. Uh, we had multiple guys tear us up on the perimeter. You know, when you look at it at the roster, you know, Kemba, Fournier, Rose, Quickly, yeah, they all try on defense, but none of them have that, you know, defensive one-on-one -on -one pedigree that – you know, that Bullock had on the perimeter. And I feel like, you know, defending the three is a big thing. Maybe, you know, obviously, you know, Tiz being such a great defensive head coach, obviously, you know, he's going to make adjustments and we'll see that percentage, you know, lower. But as of now, defending the three ball has just been extremely frustrating to watch. And, and you know, and uh, quickly off the bench has, you know, struggled. You know, he came back uh, in that fourth quarter against the Cavs, you know, he came back alive and came back alive, you know, the Philly and, and the Milwaukee game back to back. But uh, he hit a sophomore wall a little bit. Uh, he's shooting like 20-something percent from three. 
Yeah. I mean, he definitely has not had a hot start to the year. I can't remember what player it was, though, that said in post game, I think after the last game, that IQ got off to a slow start last year, too. I really think IQ is going to be fine. Like the shots he puts up don't bother me. I don't think he's putting up bad shots. He might be putting up like a few too many, but that's because they're not going in right now. And I think with the player, like quickly, the more shots you put up, the more in rhythm you get, that that percentage, like he's not going to shoot 20% from three for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like you can say what you want about him not being the most physically gifted or like well-sized defender, but from this year to last year, he's actually become like a pesky on ball defender. Like he'll at least be on his man. He won't get lost like he did last year and he'll put in the effort. And that's when you're, when your point guards are Kemba Walker, Derek Rose quickly. And then like Burks, I guess, like, I mean, none of them are going to be great defenders. And a lot of that burden is going to end up on RJ to guard the best perimeter defender on the team, I think, for a lot of the season. Yeah, for sure. And I actually want to talk about um, Alec Burks also. Um, he's looked a little lost as well. Um, I think his new role with uh, more ball handlers on that second unit, you know, I, I think it's and, and, you know, with Tibbs trying to give quickly a bigger role, you know, I think that that, that affect Burks as well. Burks has never been, you know, the best defender, but I, I, I think we could agree last year he was at least an average defender most of the time. Well, I mean, year. has the bench lineup really changed all that much though from last year other than like. I think the responsibilities have, I think, you know, quickly getting more opportunities on the ball have definitely, you know, because fourth yeah. quarter Burks, we had, you know, that nickname for him. Uh-huh. And I think he's not used to playing off the ball with this team. I, yeah. I don't. I think that's one thing about players like quickly Burks and um, Kemba is that they rely so much on their jump shots. Um Burke's probably the least of them, those three, because he can actually get to the rim still. Yeah. But you need rhythm to be able to make those jump shots consistently. And if you're out of rhythm, then that takes a game or two to get back adjusted. So if you are going from one game where it is fourth quarter Burks and he is closing out a game and he looks good, and then he doesn't really get that opportunity and games going forward because Rose or Kemba or quickly is is you know taking control then he might fall out of the slump again I worry about that with Kemba too with his knee injuries he said after the last game that there's going to be more rest days like he didn't he he didn't say there's going to be he won't play back-to-backs but he didn't play the front end of a back-to-back last week and I think like I don't I think that's a good thing like I think that what frustrated Kemba in Boston was that he was told that he couldn't play back-to-backs. And I think that if we see some rest days and hopefully Tibbs can, like, recognize throughout the course of a game when he's off and not 100%, pull him early and leave it in the hands of Rose, IQ, and Burks, that that'll just cut down on his minutes usage and we won't have to basically rest him as many games. I could see him getting like an extended break around the all-star break to be fresh for the final stretch. 
That being said, though, I don't like see Tibbs cutting minutes because it just is what it is with Tibbs. You, I don't know if you saw Macri kind of go off on fans about that the other day, but um, basically just saying, like, it is what it is with Tibbs. Like, he does – he plays his guys a lot of minutes because he thinks that builds chemistry. And this early in the season, like, I honestly believe that the new additions to this team – in the new roles that players like Burks and even RJ have to adjust to, like they need that chemistry to, to click by the end of the season when they need it to happen. So if we need to overplay them a little bit, especially in the first half of the season to get there, then I'm fine with that. In all honesty, what are your thoughts on basically the health situation of the three guards? I mean, uh, I saw Tibbs, he had rested Kemba during the Philly game, which I liked mm-hmm. a lot, which is, you know, dope. Um, I think as far as, you know, those guys staying healthy, as far as the regular season, I think quickly and McBride could give us spot minutes. If they if they get injured in the regular season, if that goes down, then I think we have, you know, good enough guards to come in. As far as playoffs, uh, you know, I think – it's important for Tibbs to keep that rest going on and keep, I understand he's not going to cut minutes, but, you know, to maintain that rest schedule, because I think our ceiling in the playoffs has to do a lot with Kemba. And can he be that second guy to Randall? Can he hit those clutch shots? You know, can he almost be that Kyle Lowry to his uh, Kawhi type of thing? You know, Mm -hmm. we really need Kemba in this playoffs. Uh, Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what I'm alluding to with like the extended break around the all-star break. So that when that final stretch of the season comes, that Kemba's good and like we don't have to worry about it nearly as much as we thought we would. You know what I mean? If he gets if he gets the time to get his body right, like you saw at the beginning of the season so far, like he can literally change games for this team. Just like that one quarter he got hot and hit all those threes. Like yeah. he's he's a difference maker when he's healthy. And you can see some of the concerns that Boston had in getting rid of him. And they clearly made the decision that he wasn't capable of playing back-to-backs, but just with like, like with the Kawhi situation, I'm going to trust a player on his health and his body more than I'm going to trust an organization to tell them what to do. Just as long as that Tibbs has the, I guess the final say in pulling him if he looks like he's wiped for a game. Like if we're going into the third quarter of a game, he looks like he can't you know, effectively pull up and make jump shots or defend a high enough level or even get to the rim and set up play, like set up other players for assists, like then, yeah, pull them, let them rest. Like why keep them out there in games that are basically meaningless until we get to the playoffs? No, yeah, I 100% agree, 100% agree. Um, You know, another player on the Knicks we have to talk about, R.J. Barrett and his explosion offensively. Uh, you visually see Tibbs giving him the more responsibility. He's getting mm-hmm. more pin downs. He's getting more uh, pick and roll opportunities with Mitch. He's being able to be that second ball handler. Uh, please keep the ball. Please stop. Tibbs, can you stop letting Evan Fournier create off the dribble? Like, it's super annoying. It's super hey, annoying. I, I I get why Tibbs does it is because like shot creation is something that we desperately need, but he needs to scale it back. And I think I think what Tibbs is waiting for in that regard is that he wants 
to he's giving RJ this more responsibility right now. And as long as RJ continues to prove throughout the year that he can handle that, I think you're going to see the amount of shot creation between those two players kind of swap and that RJ will be taking over a lot more of that role and Fournier will be the fourth option. Whereas if now I kind of consider him the third option of the starting lineup. Yeah. And RJ, I think right now he's a legit 20 point scorer. There's no doubt about it now. Uh, the, the, the catch and shoot has gotten better. Like he's shooting like almost no so now. So, so quick. You seen a release, bro. It, Confidence, man. It's everything. The work, you can see the work he's put in. The um, dribbling has gotten better. Would love to see him clean up that in-between. The, the in-between game is not cleaned up 100%. Yeah, but yeah. he's getting there. I mean, he's young. And finishing around the rim, it's not there yet, but it's getting better. It's getting, it's getting better. He's getting he's definitely stronger. Yes. A lot of the takes he puts up this year, he would have got nowhere near the rim. And now he's at least drawing some fouls and like attacking the paint and not just getting swatted or just like kind of before he would throw up these wild shots like right into the rim, especially his first year, where you're thinking just like what what are you even thinking putting up that shot? Like I know you're trying to you're the third overall pick in the draft. You're the franchise player. You want to prove yourself, but you got to play within your limits at the time, you know? Yeah, man. It's can't you, I mean, well, I'm pleased with RJ's development and, you know, Oh, of course. I'm thrilled. Yeah, man. The hell of pleased. I, I said it before. I think he's going to have a better career than Zion. I think that I tweeted something this year, like people were saying, Oh, RJ is not gonna. Um, he's gonna get the most undeserved max contract this year since Andrew Wiggins, and I honestly think that he'll get a max contract. But he's gonna show that he fucking deserves a max contract, and I think you're starting to see that. Like, yeah, he still will go a game or two where like he'll be a little streaky, you know. Like, he'll, but he always bounces back, and that's the one thing I love about RJ is that he's such a hard worker and that he doesn't let one bad game get to him he doesn't let one bad shot get to him he can be doing nothing for three quarters and then come out for the fourth and you know start yeah, putting up shots. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's literally like it's his constant effort and like determination not to lose his will to like carry this team on his back whether his shots are going in or not he's like somebody's got to step up and make these shots and if no one else is going to do it it's going to be me and I love that from that kid being so young and being such a good leader when you have such a veteran presence around you and Randall, Rose, and Kemba. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, gotta love RJ. Uh, John Morant has, you know, you know, John Morant, you know, that has he he's been exploding it. this year too, you know, in that draft class, but we'll see. We'll see. He, I'm so worried watching him play though just because the way he falls reminds me so much of the way Derrick Rose fell at the beginning of his career. Yeah. And I obviously would, I don't wish that upon him, but I wish someone like D Rose could get into his ear and be like, yeah, you can throw it down and do all this stuff. But if you want to like make your career last, you're going to have to find ways to like reduce the wear and tear on your body. And like, it's okay to have like some finesse under the rim and laid up. Not everything has to be, you know, an explosive fucking fast break dunk, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. His shooting, though, has been phenomenal for someone that I never thought would develop into as good of a shooter as he is now. And, I mean, the sky's the limit for that kid if he can stay healthy. 1,000% agree. I think the whole Knicks nation agrees with that uh, statement. Um, You know, uh, last few Knicks I wanted to talk about is Mitch and Noel. Can't seem to stay healthy. When they're on the court, good things happen. You know, Mitch looks like he's taken a leap, uh, you know, when he's been on the court, but it looks like he's been in and out with the hip flexor this year. Um, mm. He will play tonight, though, against the Bucks. We will need his presence against Giannis. You know, Giannis is looking for that revenge game. But, uh, you know, he's due for a contract. I think we spoke about Mitch getting paid like a million times on this podcast, but yeah. I don't feel comfortable, bro, paying him if he's going to be like this the whole time. He's going to be in the Knicks jersey. Like, I just don't. Honestly, um, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Okay. Just bro. because we committed all this money to Nerlens, right? And he has a lower ceiling than Mitch and has been out more this season and throughout his career for the Knicks than Mitch ever has. And that's not an untradeable contract by any stretch of the imagination. So the leaps that I've seen from Mitch this year, he's averaging, I think, like nine rebounds a game. And like that first game against Philadelphia, yeah, I, there's, there's one play that stuck out in my mind where JoJo was literally trying to like back him up and just post him up like he used to be able to do. And like he literally just bounced off Mitch. Yep. And I think the stronger Mitch gets, the less he's gonna have like hip injuries and things like that. He's gonna have more muscle protecting him. I think it's still the fact that his body's still developing. Like he is still what like twenty two. Yeah, I don't even think he's twenty three, man. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, twenty three at the absolute oldest. Yeah. Like I, I th- we're me and him are around the same age. Like me and him, Kevin Knox, we're all around the same age. So I'm not. A thousand percent sure. Yeah, he has to be no older than 23. That's what I'm saying, man. So, like, that's – I I think you got to give players with that potential the chance to develop into them full selves, especially a player like that who didn't play in college. So, like, his first year was literally just, like, from AAU to the league. And he – his second year he led the league and he set the field goal percentage record and i know it's mostly dunks and everything but it was that when deandre jordan had it previously too i just i just think he is an elite athlete and the offensive game may never be fully polished but i think he is one of the best solutions we have to our perimeter defensive issues because he can run out space and use those long arms to defect threes. Like you saw how many threes the last few years that Mitch gets out and blocks. It's insane. And while Nerlens might be a better like post defender at this point in his career, I really think that Mitch is just the overall better player of the two. And if you could, if it comes down to you have to trade Noel to keep Mitch. I'd rather keep Mitch, who's younger, has been less injured and has a higher potential than keep Noel, who has been hurt throughout his career, has been able to put up good years on contract years and then never really kind of follow up on that. I agree with those sentiments, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to develop as a team year by year um, when your starting center is not there. 
right? That's true. And and I, I just feel like this is not the end of him missing games right now. I just don't I don't see that in the future of him staying healthy. And that and that's why a lot of fans always push back on a Miles Turner trade. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's the yeah. I don't want yeah. No, you don't like him. It's just the injuries, dude. Like I Miles want Turner? Some, I want somebody to stay healthy. That's not thirty five years old, thirty six years old. But like, why is Taj the only big guy who can stay healthy? That's because he takes care of his body, right? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he was a he's a natural power forward. You know what I mean? Like yeah, most yeah. of his career. But I mean, like. Miles Turner is relatively healthy, at least. He missed the whole last year. <laughs> last year, yeah. But I mean, outside of that, I don't know. Like, who? What other big man are you getting? That, like, what big man doesn't miss games? Like, how many no, games no, no. does yeah, Joe right. miss? How yeah. many games does? Like, I guess like Bam's probably like he misses games too, though. I mean, like it just kind of comes with the territory when you're that big and you're falling on putting all that weight on your knees i remember we talked about it um you know last season on the corner three about like you know big man getting drafted like bro they got to go through a whole injury phase before they get good wendell yeah. carter uh mitch uh everybody everybody so i i understand that but it's just you know, as a fan and as a, you know, I, I've lived through horrible contracts as a Knicks fan. You know, the Tim Hardaway deal, the the, the Allen Houston deal, the, the whole bunch of these deals. that Allen you know, Houston was so much worse than Tim Hardaway. But but you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get of you. like, you know, we're throwing away money, it feels like, on the court. Uh, you know, but I just I, don't want Mitch to fall in that in that category with the injuries. It's just the injuries. I love everything about him. He's one of my favorite players in the league. It's just, bro, you don't stay healthy. And I, I my, my what it comes down to me is you see how this year plays out. You see how he looks, how Nerlens looks. You see where your, you know, your projected range in the draft will be. You see who's available. You see who's available on the trade market. You look if you can find a reasonable, healthy replacement to replace Mitch. Go for it, but. I just don't see a player out there reasonably available outside of less like cat demanding a trade. And he leaves a lot to be desired on the defensive end, which is a huge thing for Tibbs. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm hesitant to give up on a player that, because when Mitch has been healthy specifically this year, he's looked incredible yeah we're, we're another though. team if he's engaged and locked mm-hmm. in and healthy we're a different team and that's one thing that surprised me so much so much about him this offseason is that i was worried about him coming back in like out of shape you know because like he's had maturity issues he's not you know like always the most serious dude or anything but he put in work on his body and it's it's showing it's paying dividends right now and just because he's banged up I think it could be a lot more to do with we know you're kind of injury prone. Like we're not going to put you out there. We're going to get you right before we put you out there again, especially when you have typically Nerlens and Taj and even Sims and Obi and Randall can play small at times too. How, how do you feel about that lineup, Randall and Obi together this year? You know, Tibbs has thrown uh, that out there. Tibbs has said basic. I agree with what Tibbs said basically, and it's like that lineup does have its advantages, but whenever they do that, it's always Randall playing the five, 
And that takes a lot out of Randall defensively. And I don't think you can, with how much you ask Randall to do offensively, I don't think you can afford to play him long stretches without having him be playing power forward. I don't think he could be down there banging bodies all night on the defensive end just to have to come out and kind of put the team on his back on some games like he did the other night and, and win the game for us that end too. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, let's switch things up and talk about another team in the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about the Bulls, man. You know, the Bulls are out here. They got. I'm a- actually excited to talk about the Bulls. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the Bulls are seven and three, fourth in defensive rating. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think they would be this good as a defensive team, but um, offensively, they've been blowing teams out. I think the combination of Lonzo and DeRozan has just helped Zach Levine offensively, help him move the ball. Uh, Vooch now is getting way better looks. Uh, Caruso defensively. I mean, if you if you stop the year right now, I think Caruso deserves a, a, a all defensive team. The way him and Alonzo been getting after it, uh, and yeah. Ao and Ao coming off the bench. You know, they're rookie from Illinois. He's been surprising. Yeah, they, he's a local kid. They like him like a lot. I think he has a lot of promise. Yes, especially defensively. And mm-hmm. you know, Patrick Williams looked like he's going to be out for the season. That was a devastating loss for them. I think that yeah, puts, that hurt. I think that puts a little bit of a ceiling on on, on them. But uh, as far as right now, I mean, shit, I, I saw this coming. I'm not going to lie. I no, think, no. Yeah. You, you said it the whole time. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and act like you didn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll admit. But um, it's early though. You can still yeah. be right. No, you can still. No, be right. no, right. Listen, yeah, before no. before before I say my piece on it, um, right now with the team the way as constructed, where do you see them finishing the season, like seeding wise in the East? If you had to guess today, uh, I don't think they're a playing team. So top six. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I think six five at the highest would be where I pick them. I think. You know, the war, I think we're going to have multiple wars with the Chicago Bulls team this year. The first game was super exciting. I mean, it I came know. down to I, the last I, I, I missed it, and I, I went home and I rewatched it that night, and it was it was so frustrating watching that final five minutes, though. Yeah. Up until, you know, obviously the very end. But, um, but what I'll say about the Bulls is they beat the Nets the other night, um, and it was – it wasn't like the way they beat other teams this year where they just got insanely hot from three. They were taking it to the rim. And I get Brooklyn isn't a team with the most rim protection in the league. Um, but one guy I want to give a lot of credit to is Billy Donovan, actually. For as much crap as I've given him over the years, he's doing a really, really good job of staggering minutes of DeRozan and Levine so that at all times, almost one of those two is on the court. And they haven't had, like, a lot of quality wins yet. At Vooch, he's getting good looks, and he's, like, definitely contributing. But offensively, especially his shooting, he's probably having the worst year he's had offensively since his rookie year, and he leaves a lot to be desired on defense. So I think that while they're off to a great start, and should only like, with all the additions they made, they should only continue to like mesh and gel as the season goes on. 
I still think they're tier below a team like the Knicks at this point, mostly just based off sample size going back to the last season. Um, kind of like we talked about with the Knicks, like in their new additions in Fournier and Kemba, <clears throat> that's basically what they're doing with a lot more new acquisitions. So the biggest benefit or the biggest advantage I see with the Knicks is their bench and their depth, especially the bench continuity from last year, from basically being the same group, whether they have different roles now slightly a little bit. But I think that depth keeps us ahead of them because they're so reliant on Levine and DeRozan that I don't know if the surrounding pieces are higher or high enough to get them to a to a top four seed in the East. I think you made a good point about Billy Donovan. I, I don't like Billy Donovan as a coach, but he has done his thing this year. Can't lie. I think the staggering of the minutes is the, one of it's the more important things. Because, yeah. because not that I don't think Levine and DeRozan can't play together, but they just don't really have another, I don't know which term you want to use nowadays, but like offensive initiator outside of like, because like Lonzo is not a true point guard. The, the offense runs through those two and to constantly have one of those two on the floor that makes all the difference in the world to that team, because you always have like a, an all-star option on the, on the court. I think people forget how good DeRozan is. Like at NBA Twitter, I think that whole community really doesn't know how good DeRozan is. I think ever since he like disappeared in San Antonio in those losing years, I, mm -hmm. people really forgot how good he is. I, Kevin O'Connor said he gotten better in San Antonio. I won't go that far. Yeah. But he, I think the IQ has gotten better. I think uh, I, right. people say he's he's terrible in defense, bro. I've watched at least six, seven games of the Bulls. I he's not. He's not great, but he's not horrible. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he's not. You're not losing. You're not. You're not a you're not a bad defensive team because DeRozan is on your team. Exactly. Right? I mean. My my concern was more than just the Rose and defensively, but so far this year they've done a really good job of like hiding their defensive issues, especially with Vooch. So that's very encouraging for them. And I mean, we'll see what happens the rest of the year. But like I said, I mean, right now with them, that's an impressive win over the Bulls. They haven't had a lot of, you know big quality win so far so to see them do that and to see brooklyn lose it's it's two good things sure, for sure i think we should talk about the nets man they just they they lost to the bulls uh last night mm -hmm. uh you know we spoke a little bit before the pod i think you know in my opinion, watching this team in the regular season, it's early, but uh, right now it seems like they have a hard ceiling without Kyrie. I think Kyrie off on the court means a lot to them offensively. I think just the way they started the year with that drama, I think it kind of tilted their, uh, their, their, their season a little bit. I think KD will always be old world. They'll always win games off of his back. Uh, James Harden looks like you know he's he's struggling with the rule change. I know he's definitely he, getting frustrated, but yeah, for sure. I think um, you know more. I think more with the rule changes is you know he was coming back from that crazy hamstring injury, which you know he. Oh, it's a combination of both for sure. Yeah, I but I, I when he said the hamstring thing, it just like okay, I can't really take the rule thing too serious because he's Harden at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, but yeah. you gotta look. Like a Trey Young, like I think 
I think him and Trey Young are both only averaging three foul shots a game this year. And that's compared to what we dealt with last year. That's insane. They got such an improvement. And if having to watch Harden and Trey Young work harder for their points is like the cost we have to pay to not watch games be decided at the free throw line, like I'm all for that. <laughs> But I think as soon like he'll get situated as the year as the year progresses. Yeah, like I said, and I think, and yeah. I think, and, and and I think it won't be no surprise if he's averaging a surplus of twenty five points by the end of the year. You know, if you look at his like ESPN page or whatever, and he's averaging uh, like twenty six, twenty seven at the end of the year, are you really gonna be surprised? I think no, no, no. Like I said, I, I think part of it is still recovering from the injury, and part of it's adjusting to the rule changes, and that kind of leads to you getting frustrated. I think that the whole Kyrie situation, I think that Durant and Harden expected that to be over with by now. I think that not that they're not like engaged in the season, but they're kind of still in the mindset of we can go out here and just make the playoffs and eventually Kyrie will come back and we'll get this figured out. But like, not to go back to the Bulls specifically, but this was against the Nets. Like you said specifically, like how uh, Katie can like put a team on his back, right? Yeah. In the fourth quarter, the Bulls went on a 42 to 17 run. Like you, the Bulls, like that's such an, an impressive stat for the Bulls defense, considering that KD can put up 17 on his own in any quarter to hold the whole team to 17 in the quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. insane to me. So the defense showed a lot more promise on the Bulls than I expected. But I think these games also mean a lot more to the Bulls right now than the Nets, whose only objective, like I said, is to stay healthy and make the playoffs and, and hope Kyrie comes back or they can swing a deal for Ben Simmons. So... And I think, you know, the, the rule change has affected Harding's passing, I believe. You know, teams are able to play him more aggressively there. You know, he's not able to do whatever he wants. And, you know, I think the, the him being able to pass out of double teams and for help defenses, I think, was an extreme part of the Nets offense. And, you know, he's averaging, I believe, eight assists right now. But you could see, you know, the overall offense even getting affected. You know, he's the main point guard of that team. And I think, you know, four of those losses, you know, if Harden was, you know, the regular Harden, I, I don't know how many teams they would lose to, you know what I mean? And that's my thing is that I do think most of this is still him recovering from the injury. And as long as Durant and Harden are healthy going into the playoffs, like fully healthy, not like last year where you had like, 45% of Harden and like 85% of KD that, I mean, you saw how far they made it last year. I, I don't see, I think they can still win it all without Kyrie, honestly. I need to watch more of them before I say that. I don't know because. I mean, like I said, it's dependent on how Harden rebounds this season and how he looks come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, how do you feel about, um, you know, <laughs> the Twitter beef and, you know, the, the, the Nets ticket prices? I don't know if you've seen that on Twitter. I've seen a little bit about it. <laughs> and that's why even me and my buddy from New York, we were he's talking about going to the Knicks-Nets game. And he was like, 
But you should just come out to the one in the Nets because the ones at Barclays are dirt cheap. <laughs> I was like, that's ah, not a bad idea. I've never been there. And it'll probably Less be than me. $15 to get in the door, man. And are you, it's that low? Bro, it's that low. Bro, that is like Pittsburgh Pirates bleacher seats tickets. <laughs> yeah, man. And I mean, they have three Hall of Famers. Exactly, exactly. The Pirates well, have made the playoffs twice in my lifetime. Bro, like, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, I live in New York, man. Nobody oh, has ever me. told me. Nobody has ever told me I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. Tell ever. Me, what I always tell people is example whenever I – People are like, ask me here since I'm a Knicks fan, PA. They're like, oh, don't people just root for the Nets now? They're better. And I'm like, if the Browns or like the Eagles moved into Pittsburgh, do you think generations of lifelong Steelers fans would just suddenly hop on board to a new team like that? Like, yeah. no, it's just not how it works. You grow up, like that shit's passed on from family, family, son to son, daughter, just a daughter, whatever. Like, hey, it's in your fucking that's like part of your new york's identity exactly 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 i can't wait for that first uh that first battle man against the brooklyn nets yeah um, i don't know when I, that is i gotta look into that i'm supposed to be looking into tickets for that i think it's like it's it's, <laughs> it's later, coming up it's later right? december it's later december yeah yeah and that's in pto i have to kill by the end of the year so i'm probably gonna make it out there for that yeah, it's gonna be a dope game. It's gonna be a dope game. I think we should talk about teams out west, man. Um, sure, sure. The Lakers, you know, the Lakers are six and five. Um, LeBron has been in and out of the lineup. It looks like Father Time has maybe touched him a little bit. We'll see how he progresses throughout the season, and mm-hmm. if he can stay healthy for the playoffs, which is like ultimately the most important thing for this Lakers team. Absolutely. Um, AD has been. It has been in and out as well. Um, the only healthy star they have is Westbrook, and he's looked like he's just been a disaster for that team shooting. I mean, like last was it last? Did they play last night or the night before? They yeah. play last night. They play yeah. Last okay. Night. Yeah. Last night I was watching, and like, yeah, his box score was ugly, and his shooting was horrible. But he did have an impact on that game in terms of like pushing the ball down court, the tempo, the things like that. But I question the fit long term and like not long term in terms of like multiple years, long term in terms of like this season and how it plays out specifically in the postseason. Like one thing I know we have on our list of things to talk about was like can Westbrook and AD play together? And honestly, unless AD is playing the center, I just don't see them with who would it be? It would be Westbrook. Whoever they're – who's their two guard right now? I mean, right now it's a, um, Kent Bazemore. In the future, it's supposed to be a THT you know, yeah. when they get their whole lineup together. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, like, I don't know. LeBron at three or four, wherever he wants to play. I don't know who would play three there. But, I mean – you're talking Isn't, about like a closing lineup or a starting lineup? Just like your start, your traditional starting lineup. Okay, okay, okay. I think the only way it works is if it AD is at five and you have LeBron at four and you have someone that can stretch the floor at three. Because otherwise, there's just not enough shooting and spacing on that team. LeBron, while he can still attack the rim, he's not, you know, the Miami Heat, Windmill, Duncan, LeBron – and he's an average shooter, but that's not his strength, you know. Um, Westbrook can't – I mean, Westbrook isn't just a thing for no reason. Um, 
and there's Malik Monk, you know, there's Taylor Horton Tucker, there's Hendrick Nunn still hasn't put on the uniform yet. So, you know, yeah, I mean, Melo's out there doing his thing, but I don't know, man. That's it all, it all comes down to LeBron at the end of the season and what shape he's in. I'll never write a LeBron James team off until I see it happen in the playoffs. Did not get to watch that game last night. It was a rare miss for me, actually. I've actually been really plugged in and interested into this Lakers stuff. But um, um, you did probably did make an impact last game. They did win last game. But, bro, he's made a lot of bonehead uh, mistakes. In, Westbrook? Like, yes. And, and yeah, no, definitely. Especially in both the both the OKC games. There was this one turnover. Um, they were down, uh, I believe, one with, like, three minutes to go, two minutes to go. And uh, he completely just loses the ball, uh, turns it out of bounds. And, you know, Gilgis just shoots a half-court three on the other side, and then that's game. I, I, I don't know, man. I really don't. I, you know, they're getting outplayed by, like, Josh Giddy and, and, and Poku. I, I don't know, bro. And I feel like as, you know, this team is going to – Westbrook has like he's such a ball dominant player and he doesn't have any other skills except for you know passing and you know scoring at the rim and you know basically attacking the rim and dishing out to open people for threes but the team doesn't have enough people to hit the threes that he and they don't need that they don't need that on the team they need somebody they need somebody who could effectively hit that three ball who somebody who could be maybe a second ball handler to LeBron but not a full time but he can't do anything if he doesn't have the ball honestly if you were a lakers fan would you have rather made the move that they did for westbrook or would you rather have kemba walker uh, give me kemba at least kemba could shoot the three exactly. and, he, and he understands mentally where he's at in his career and exactly. how he can, like i think they should have did the buddy hill thing i think the buddy hill thing would have made way more sense i bet he healed is i don't know crazy off the bench right now for he's second. going crazy but i think they need a an actual point guard who can shoot. I think that you can have as many, you can have a shooting guard, you can have a small forward, whatever, but you need a point guard who can shoot the ball on that team. Otherwise, the spacing isn't there. I think that Schroeder was actually a better fit for that team than Westbrook. Which is sad to say, man. It's sad to say. And I think... Really sad to say, because Westbrook was always my favorite player of mine, but... Like I said, with like players like D Rose and John Moran, like to, that style of play doesn't last forever. And if you're not able to adapt to it, like D, you saw how long it took, took D Rose to basically rebuild his career. Yeah, a lot of people don't have the mental toughness to do that. <laughs> a lot of people, when they lose their ability, they just they're like, "All right, I'm done. I'm not. I can't develop a shot at this point in my career." And I don't, I don't think Westbrook. It's for like a lack of trying. I just think. He's just not that good of a shooter because he's never had to rely on it since he was a kid. And I think, you know, if he continues on and the Lakers stay on this path on the playoffs, I don't know who takes his contract unless you trade him for John Wall back. I don't I don't know who deals how, with that. How long is his contract? I forget. Bro, I think he has two, three more years left. Oh, that makes that deal I so think, worse. I think – I think he has two years and a player option left, bro. And, and I and don't you know if he keeps playing like this, he's picking up that player option. <laughs> exactly. So it's confusing to, to see where this goes. And my friend said, uh, 
he might just, you know, Allen Iverson himself out the league. You know, Allen Iverson his last year in Denver, he put up like 25 points. And then, you know, he couldn't really play with anybody else. Like, you know, his style of play, he couldn't really play with anybody else. And, you know, he kind of just fell off and now he's retired. Who knows yeah. how many years Allen Iverson could have played. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, 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 to some extent, you saw it happen when Melo was out of the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. considered him too much of an ISO player that he couldn't fit within a team system. That's another thing that pisses me off is that everybody's like, oh, nobody, everybody gave up on Melo except for the Lakers. It's like, no, bro, Portland is the team that gave him the chance to rebuild his career. Okay, so you got rid of him the first chance they wanted because Mike D'Antoni never wanted him in the first place. Like, don't make it seem like Melo was washed and that the Lakers did some amazing job of rehabilitating him because they, they just they just didn't. He is and, who he is. And speaking about Melo, man, shout out to Melo, man. Shooting 60% from three at home. Really, like, I don't I don't see them winning any games, like, uh, more than two games without Melo, honestly. Melo has been that good off the bench. And that important of a piece off the bench. Like, you yes. want to talk about low-key players for sixth man of the year? That could be Melo, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. And he hasn't been too awful on defense. He hasn't been too awful on defense. No, because he's like actually he's at stage in his career, like you said, where he's understanding his role. He's not being asked to play small forward anymore. He's in his natural position, which has always been the four. And it's just he's putting in the effort. He has more of a basketball IQ and an acknowledgement of his limitations where before he thought he was just the guy. And for a large part of his career, he really was. But he's just he's showing a level of self-awareness that he did not show in Denver or New York or OKC. He's he's showing that he can fit into a system and make it work around him, not just I'm going to come here, be me and do what I do. I agree. I agree. Um, this won't be the last time we talk about them on this season of the corner oh, three, but, but but <laughs> we'll see how they do. We'll see how they do. Um, another team, which I think you know would be a shame if we did not speak about them. You know, all hell, Golden State. They're back, running the Western Conference, nine and one. Uh, it seems like Steph Curry. He's playing as good as basketball as he ever played. And I think they he's just getting the, started. They have him as the current – Vegas has him as the current favorite for MVP right now. I agree. He, he, he could have won last year. I mean, Jokic like, had a great season, but that could have won either way, in my opinion. And shout-out to Steph Curry being, you know, a great player and not not being affected by the rule change. Shout-out yeah. to him. Shout-out to him. Because he never, he never relied on drawing fouls. You know what I mean? Not, at least not nearly to the extent of players like Harden and Trey Young. He would get some, but I mean, honestly, like if you, two years ago or whatever, when KD left, Curry got injured shortly after that. Draymond lost a step, was in and out of the lineup. Clay went down twice, and they took a few lumps for a few years. And I think that's actually, in a weird way, really starting to pay dividends for them because players like Jordan Poole and Damian Lee and a few others – got experience playing with that team, playing with Steph, and were able to develop in a way that they wouldn't have been able to do if the team was fully healthy. And it also got them high draft picks, like Wiseman, who's coming back and will eat up another 15, 20 minutes off the bench. They also have Moody and Kaminga, who should, you know... They're not playing. 
we're not playing, but what I'm saying is that Steph's Steph's ability, like his skill set, you're seeing it even at this age, that it's not like his skill set is gonna carry on for a long time. And I think like worst case scenario of him is like Ray Allen. Like, you know, maybe he stops being able to run around screens and constantly move that much like four years from now. But I think that that skill set of Curry keeps their window open for contention for a lot longer. And now that they have a lot of depth, like they, even their offseason moves, they brought back Iggy, they brought in Porter Jr., guys that like really fit into their scheme naturally and aren't being asked to do things that aren't part of the game. Like they have the best record in the league. Um, definitely don't think they'll be, you know, a, a bubble team again. Um, think Curry basically, if he plays at the level he's continuing to play on and that depth continues to develop, I think that they're in a really good position for the next few years. And even if that means getting rid of Draymond after this contract and bringing in another piece, making a trade, maybe trading some of those young players and assets eventually for the right deal, then I think they're going to find a way to do that because I think after everything that Clay and Steph and even Draymond have done for that franchise, that they're going to try to make this, this core last together as long as they have a realistic chance of competing for a championship. Uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree with everything you said. I think uh, uh, Wiggins have definitely shown that he could contribute to winning basketball. It's dope yeah. to see him being able to defend. Uh, definitely got way better at shooting the three. Now, RJ uh, <laughs> growth, but nah. definitely has been able, like, if he's open, uh, he's, you know, he's got confidence to take that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Poole, man, he, Jordan like, Poole. He, he, he might be an all star this year. Man, talk about he has the scary Terry package, bro. Like he is that guy. He and he looked like he's learned some of that movement from Steph. That's what uh, I mean. It's something today, like about like these guys that like got to play on these teams and play minutes. Like, well, even when Curry was out, like he's sitting there teaching them how to play in this league and play in that system. That I think that's like not like obviously it's not a blessing, but like the silver lining is that it's revitalized the team with youth and depth and when you have old veterans that are championship caliber players, that's basically the best thing you can have around you. Shout out to Draymond Green. Turn him back the clock a few years. Looks like he's putting up. <laughs> it looks like he's putting up a you know a defensive player of the year caliber oh, campaign. But for me, the defense has never been the issue. It's just the complete drop off of offense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the most he was gonna do for you offensively is hit the open three. I mean, I mean. Uh, he used to be able to do a little more is all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he was Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, yeah. But but he had a little more pep in his step, could jump a little higher and you know, just do a few more things, little putbacks and tip backs, tip ins or whatever that he you don't really see him do as much anymore. But I, I, I defensively he's as good as any player in the league still easily. For sure, for sure. Uh, you know, with Clay coming back, you know, Clay didn't start this season with them. I no, guess. I think he'll be back around the holidays and like Christmas game, probably, if I had to guess. 
you know, I was thinking about this. I was like, yo, I have to see what Nolan thinks about this. Um, you know, uh, Clay, he came back. He tore, I believe he tore his ACL in the finals, and then he tore his Achilles coming back from that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, similar thing happened to DeMarcus Cousins, right? I, don't, I understand they play different positions. They play different roles. But, man, uh, you know, DeMarcus Cousins right now, he's like, non-existent since both of those injuries doesn't even look like an nba player maybe he could compete on a college level now but it got remember when Knicks fans wanted to cousin yeah 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 (laughs) but you know pretty much him being non-existent after those two injuries right away and clay going under those same two things and i understand they're not the same player but i I just thought about that sentiment last night bro like the demarcus cousins thing Uh and i was like Wow, I was like, oh, that might happen to Clay, and it would be a shame if it did. Oh, it absolutely would be a shame. And the biggest thing, I think you kind of said it, is that they're such different players. And the fact that, like, what was the game where Clay scored like 70 points and had like 12 dribbles? And it was the Bulls game when the Bulls were big yeah. Trash. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm just saying, he just needs to be able to stand still, get open, and hit threes. That's all they need to ask him to do. He's not going to be the defensive player he was, especially not right away. But he can still shoot with the best of them in the league. And him and Steph and everyone else on that team that can just literally light you up and any given night, it's just – I don't see them being lower than a four seed in the West this year. I, I agree with that sentiment. It's just, you know, you know, people really expect Clay to come back like firing away, which I hope he does. I mean, I, I, obviously I hope yeah, I don't, but, I don't expect him to be come out blazing or nothing. I just expect him to be, you know, solid, like a Reggie Bullock type role almost. Yeah. 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 So what, what do you think is the ceiling if Clay comes back and has like a Reggie Bullock type of impact you know, he maybe he takes over a playoff game here or there, but yeah, how do you, how do you I think it? I think his I think his ceiling as just a shooter is higher than Reggie. No, no, but, I'm talking about team, team, team ceiling. You know, if he comes, yeah, back and has yeah, that yeah. But I'm saying, um, I think that's what kind of makes a difference. I think that honestly, if he can come back and be seventy percent of Clay Thompson, I see no reason why they can't make the Western Conference Finals. Like, I really don't. What about you? What do you think their ceiling is? No, no, I, I, I maybe not Western Conference. I mean, look at the competition in the West. I mean, who's really yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I mean, the West is good, but like they don't have the star power that yeah. Golden State has, and you see year after year in the playoffs, like why Denver doesn't, you know, get as far as they should in the playoffs. Why Utah doesn't get as far as they should in the playoffs. So you know what I mean, like. A certain point in the playoffs, it's the best players making the best plays, and whoever has more of them typically wins the game. I think I'll put it this way: if Clay comes back, like you said, and mm-hmm. Steph is firing in all cylinders, and they have that grit and grind from missing the playoffs the last two seasons, well, they're hungry. Yeah, sure. yeah, you better be ready to beat them in the playoff series. Like you better be hundred percent mentally, physically ready, because like some of that championship DNA will rub off. Oh, and I and I think I I think that people will be ready for that because teams were absolutely like teams hated Golden State when they were on their run and nobody forgot that yet. 
Not that like I love that Golden State team. Oh yeah, that was wonderful times, man. I, I loved it. I love that brand of basketball, but opposing teams, they hated them draining threes, Steph's shimmying all over the court. Like you you saw that. And I think that people are gonna remember that and they're gonna make it every bit as hard for them to climb back up as possible. That being said, I don't really see that many teams in the West that they couldn't beat in a seven-game series if Clay's 70%. 100% agree. And um, they, they almost beat the Lakers in the playing game, right? All for Curry's back. Like, you know, I think yeah. Curry has that effect. You know, like KD, like he can, you know, you know, he could play. He could win you a game or two in a playoff series by himself, and the team don't got to do nothing but play defense. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we'll see how Golden State uh, plays and, and if they could keep up this reign. It would be dope if they did. Um, you know, let's talk about some rookies, uh, two rookies that's been uh, definitely, definitely has su- not surprised me, but definitely been the, the cream of the crop of this class so far. I know who you're going to start with. <laughs> no, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Uh, but Mobley, uh, I think. Okay, Mobley. okay, because Mobley is actually, I was going to say, is probably my my second most in- second most impressive rookie so far this year i think mobley has shown a great deal of what he could like what he could do already and what he could do and uh in the future i think that lineup with jared allen and evan mobley is actually pretty good defensively um, oh of course defensively yeah and it works offensively too i'm not i've watched a few cavalier games like i'm not gonna lie like the offense isn't the worst thing in the world um i know defensively it's amazing. I think it's, I worry about teams going small against them and how they'll be able to handle that. But the thing is, though, these guys could play small, though, even with their big lineup. Jared Allen can move his feet. Evan Mobley can move his feet. Like, like maybe now marketing at the three. I don't like that. I still don't like yeah, that. No, that's crazy. <laughs> that's got to change if they're going to do anything this year. That doesn't make no damn sense. I know it's early. I know it's early, but I'm a believer in these two working together. These two guys. I, I oh, think I'm not saying can. it can't work. I think that um, there's a lot of uh, – um, I don't want to say Tim Duncan in Mobley's game, but that he KG KG that's a good comparison. Um, I mean, he's averaging, I think, 13.6 points, 7.9 rebounds, 2.6 assists while shooting 49% from the field. Like, you can't big men don't typically come in and take the league by storm. Like, you see how long it took, um. What's his name? Wiseman still hasn't adjusted, or Aiton for the Suns finally really made a leap last year. But it usually takes these big guys a few years to adjust. And Mobley has stepped in into a pretty awful team. And he's probably the biggest reason that team's four and four right now, or whatever they are. No, I think they're better than four and four, bro. I think they're like, they got like seven wins on the season. Yeah. I think I'm looking up at an old article right now. Um, but I think, you know, um, his impact uh, defensively, him being able to switch, him being able to cover that ground with Jared Allen from, you know, sex land, um, their, deficiency, their deficiencies. Uh, sex land's out for the year now, right? Bro, he tore his ACL against us. I seen the play, but I didn't think it was that bad of a play that he tore I didn't get to see distance. the game because fucking league pass is some bullshit. 
<laughs> Which is crazy. I don't understand how you're blacked out of Cleveland games. I've I've wrote I wrote them emails every year for four years now. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Back but, to the Rockies. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Colin, Colin is out, which is like you know the Knicks were looking and acquiring him. Who do they have? Uh, Rubio now? Is it yeah, yeah. Which is which works with you know him being able to be a pass first point guard, uh, setting up or. Uh, but he's team. but he's not the scorer that Sexton was, and they really need that on that team. For sure, for sure. I think scoring is definitely going to be a thing with Sexton um, being out, um, but. As far as Mobley's game, man, I can't can't complain. Um, I can see why experts had him being the most talented number one pick. Like a lot of guys had him as the number one pick. A lot of the stuff yeah. that he showed now, he showed in uh, in college, and um, I thought that he'll be better than Wiseman. I didn't. Think, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't think he'll show um this improvement, especially defensively. I mean, he looks like KG out there. The he's very mobile for a big man. Yeah, and he's bro. He. I seen him switch to ones and twos and not give up nothing. <laughs> like, and he, and I don't know if you've seen pictures of him on Twitter, like people taking pictures of him, like uh courtside, but bro, he looks like a freak. There's no way we're from the same species. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the kid, man, he's definitely put an impression on me uh, for, so far. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, another rookie I wanted to talk about was my guy Scotty Barnes, man. I yeah. told people he wasn't gonna. I told people he was gonna make an impact, but uh, yeah. they didn't believe me. Put already putting up sixteen, eight, and two. I didn't think he'll be this physically imposing on the offensive end as he is right That's now. That's exactly what I have in my notes. Is that I didn't realize that body wise he was as NBA ready as he is. Like the fact that he can go in there, bang, and like set hard screens, roll like rebound as well as he does as a rookie that's that's super impressive and the offensive game still is lacking a bit but he has enough size that he can still get to the paint and score and I mean he's been limited I think he had like um what was it he had some sort of thumb injury at some point yeah 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 so he missed a few games He he didn't play against us yeah, so I'm saying, like, he is still a small sample size, but, I mean, you got to be happy with him so far as a Toronto fan, especially, I mean, like, I have, I still have, you know how I felt going to the draft, but I thought they messed up not taking Suggs. It's still and early. It could be the it, case. It could be, but as of right now, that I think definitely looks like the right call. Definitely, definitely. Uh, um, um, I think that defense have definitely translate. I think his rep, uh, his um, reputation as a defensive player, the intensity. I think the ball handling and the passing is something that's that's not being talked about with Scotty Barnes. I really think there's star potential here. I really do. Um, as far as Toronto and you know they beat us. They gave us a, a hell of a war. Uh, and they're going to be, you know, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, he's right now, he's, I believe, getting three steals a game. Uh, the backcourt with him and uh, Van Vliet has been solid. Uh, Malachi Flynn coming in. Uh, still don't have somebody. I think Ken Birch at seven foot is still their tallest player, but um, he's, he's skinny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, but 
guys like uh, Cruz Boucher has been able to step in and fill in that role. And, and it doesn't look like uh, rebounding has been an issue for them. My question to you, Nolan, what's their ceiling? Uh, Toronto? Yeah, as far, as far as what you've seen now, as, you know, the additions and everything, the tech championship DNA, quote-unquote, you've seen OG Anobi score 35 on Randall, just cook him like yeah. Paul George. Yeah, I was luckily, yelling at my I TV. missed that game, so. Yo, thank God you missed I've, that I've game. Literally, I think I've only watched one Knicks game this year that they lost. I missed all the ones that they lost, so i got to step up as a Knicks fan and watch every game, apparently, because they can't win without me. <laughs> But, but but you know who are some rookies that have surprised me with how well they played so far this year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Franz Wagner from Orlando has been playing unbelievable. For I I had I was so skeptical of him going in, but I mean he's performed better than Jalen Suggs has. He's averaging I think like fifteen point six points, three point six rebounds, about two assists, shooting fifty one percent. I mean, like, for a team like Orlando to take a shot on that guy and have him fall to them at that spot, I think that's a great pick. I think Giddy is doing great things in OKC. Love Giddy, love Giddy. Like, his game, like, I told you from the second that they drafted him, that, like, of all the teams that he could have went to, it's, like, between – it was either the Spurs or OKC where I thought he would have the most success. And, I mean, his numbers aren't – crazy he's averaging like 11 points 5.7 rebounds about six assists 44 percent shooting but he's also what like, is he shooting from three from three um i did not have that in front of me right okay, now okay but i mean you would think it's below 30 percent. i think it'd be yeah close to 30 maybe a little over but um he's dishing out 7.3 assists per game over the past like few games so i mean you see the versatility that he has the same way that you see versatility in players like um who were we just talking about um scotty barnes, barnes yep. and, and mobley and i think they're in that same category of player i also think um i'm really disappointed in jalen Suggs so far uh, um he hasn't really shown as much as I thought he would. I thought his athleticism would pop a little bit more, I guess, and it just really hasn't. Uh, Davion Mitchell's been all right, but every time I see the nickname Off Night, I laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, come on, come on. It's rough, man. Leave it alone. <laughs> Sangoon's been good. Or saying, I don't know how you say his last name. Sangoon. Yeah, he's been he's been good. I mean, he's been playing professionally overseas for years, but I mean, averaging nine and five and less than nineteen minutes a game, like coming into Houston, like I think Can't he'll, complain. I think he'll only get better in time. I think um, Chris Duarte, um, yeah, yeah, who I, I was a huge fan of going into the draft, he's shooting. 42% from three on about 18 points and five rebounds a game. So seeing Chris Duarte in person and uh, Pacers preseason game looked good. Like I really yeah, like this game. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I liked him since college. I like if there was, he was one of the few players I would have been okay with the Knicks trading up for. 
Yeah, me too. I'm glad they didn't in retrospect because I like who we got, where we got them, and knowing the Kemba thing happened the way it did, it makes sense that they didn't do that. But I think he's going to be a really – I think he is the X factor for what the Pacers' ceiling can be this year. I agree. I agree. Now, now I think you summed up the rookies perfectly. Uh, I agree with your sentiments there. Uh, pretty deep rookie class, man. Can't complain. It really um, is. They, yeah, they evolve. I'm looking forward to this rookie class too, as well. This upcoming one. Yeah, uh, I'm just starting to dig into it a little bit more. I was watching uh, your your Dukies last night. I should have been at that game. I was so busy with homework last night. I was like, I can't buy a last minute. Too. Oh yeah, that was an MSG, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I forgot about that. You saw, you see how many Knicks players were there? Yeah, yo, it was a star-studded event. Kevin oh, Knox man. looked salty as fuck. I don't blame the kid, but <laughs> damn, bro, like you know, he 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 had that look on his face, like just please don't show me on TV. <laughs> like, yo, I feel so bad for that kid. Like, I do too. He didn't have funny. a chance. He didn't get a chance. I, no I really want to meet Kevin Knox and just tell him, bro, like, just keep going. Like, you good, man. Like, you got it, man. Maybe it's not going to work out here, but uh, we believe you. He's still young. He's got the world in front of you. Yeah. I don't. I think you have more potential than Dennis Smith Jr. does. Like, <laughs> like, he's got – I'll never forget the month he won Rookie of the Month and that summer league, and there's never going to be a part of me that doesn't think he can put it all together until, you know, he shows me otherwise, which so far he has, but he's got some time. He's still young, too. I agree. Last topic to wrap this up before the game. Um, last night, I was actually watching this game, uh, the Nuggets versus the Heat. I watched the first half and I went to bed. I missed the good stuff. Yeah, man, you missed it. Like, so I, I saw the highlights and shit. But the game is over. I don't understand why Morris decides to take a, a pity foul on him and then you get mad when Jokic retaliates. Like, I don't see anything wrong but, with that. But my thing is, like, yeah, Marquise Morris didn't need to do what he did. Yes. But Jokic, you're so important to that team. And the game's out of hand. What the Morris brothers do, him and Marquise and uh, Marcus Morris, they try to get in your head and rattle you and get you to do stupid shit. That's what Marquise Morris was doing. And Jokic, his reaction was 10 times dirtier than what Marquise Morris did. Like, he literally paused, thought about it, and shoved him from behind, and he fell to the ground. Like, that can actually lead to someone getting hurt. I think they're both going to get suspended, I think. No, no, it, it happened already. The only did person it? who got suspended is Jokic. Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I thought they'd give um, Marquise one as well, just because he had kind of has, like, a history of doing shit like that. But I, I expected Jokic to be suspended like two or three games. Did they say how long? Uh, it's only one game. Okay, that's I mean that's fair enough. I mean, he was reacting to something, but at the same point, like I know, like especially coming from a Knicks fan where Tibbs runs his starters to like there's like four minutes left in the game, there was no reason for Jokic to be out there at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it just it, as a leader. As a the reigning MVP, you can't let Morris get in your head and let it hurt his team in a lot in a game that they already won. 
like too much of the offense runs through him. It was a dead ball. There was a pause. He thought about it. MPG's it. MPJ is out for the coach said the foreseeable future, which doesn't make it sound like it's a short term thing. Like they're going to struggle without Jokic for the game and that's going to hurt their team. So, I mean, I don't know. I just thought, yeah, Marquise Morris was wrong for doing what he did, but Jokic needs to understand his value to this league and all the crazy Twitter stuff that happened afterwards brothers and yeah. brothers and like i'm that's why i was surprised the suspensions weren't more severe because that's like the last thing the nba wants is like they're they're all about the drama and the trades and stuff like that they don't want nobody fighting and like doing that shit on twitter that that, that ain't cute to the nba nobody want that you know what i mean yeah I 100% agree with, with that sentiment, right? Like, you know, you're supposed to make better decisions in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. But I want you to, 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 to think, how many times since Jokic been a good NBA player has people tested him, banged on him, not supposed to, and he's never done anything, things we've never That's seen, true. Right, right, right? And then, That's what makes it weird for me, is that the game was over with. <laughs> but the thing is, though, like, like now I'm a rating MVP. Now I should garner respect across the league. Like now, like stuff like this, that it would happen. Like Jay Crowder did it to him last, like two years ago. Like, like people test Jokic. I don't know if it's because he's European or he's white or this That's notion part of it. that he's, that there's no, I think there's this notion that European white guys are soft around the league, which is, I, I don't think so. Like they're in the NBA for a reason. Oh, absolutely. I, don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case. And I just, I don't like, if I'm doing the same thing, like you're just like, you're not about to just do that to me and like nah man like nah like no that's not i I understand like like he's important to the nuggets and stuff like that but i i think that was much more than the moment i think that's a message to the whole league like stop playing with me like that's a fair point like stop playing with me like i'm i should be respected i'm one of the greatest to he probably thinks he's one of the greatest to ever play like put respect on my name and you wouldn't do this to uh, other great powerful you wanted to know joe allen b you wouldn't do that to anthony davis actually actually, i can't say that about joe allen b marcus or marcus morris kept doing that 3-0 in his face that was the funniest (laughs) shit i've ever seen in my life (laughs) that's what i'm saying that's the morris brothers and players like that do it's like the guys in hockey that get sent out just to start a fight you know what i mean it's like we're sending you out here to try to get you to fuck up we're trying to get into your head and as like an mvp caliber player you gotta like you gotta just like let that shit fucking slide off you you can't you can't react to a player like marquee fucking morris like who the fuck is that to you you know what i mean just like laugh that shit off yeah, I, I, I see, I see, but it's it's hard, man. It's hard. No, absolutely, and I, I can't be mad at him for reacting the way he did, especially like he said, like it's not the first time, it won't be the last time, and there is that stigma of European players being soft. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it gets to you, and it, you, it's like what you said, it's only happened once so far that he's done something like that. So I'm not gonna say he's like a bad or a dirty player. I just think that. He could have handled it better. He could have still stuck up for himself without shoving a guy with his back turned. That's the only part that bugged me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I I could see that. Right. The 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 
the action, the push, the shove, and 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 it could have really hurt him. I just, understand just, that. Just because just because there was such a pause between it, like the clock stopped, like the whistle blew. He thought about it, went over, and, and he it. winded he, it back too. That's what I'm saying. He, <laughs> if, if that would have been like his instant reaction was just to shove him. Then like, okay, yeah, you just reacted, but you had time to like contemplate what you were doing, and still fucking chose to do something detrimental to your team. But at least it's that, only one game and it probably yeah. won't matter in the scheme of things. No, of course not. But, I, I I really thought it was gonna be more. So that's I'm glad that the NBA didn't come down too hard on it. And I and Shannon and and Shannon Sharp on um, Undisputed did uh have a great like sentiment to it. It's like like he pretty much said what I said, like like don't play with me. Like you're not gonna do that to other players in the league, like don't do that to me. Mm-hmm. And I and I just feel like moving forward. Um, hopefully stuff like this doesn't happen hopefully like we see like a more cleaner league you but- know what i want to see now i want to see joe kitch go up against joe and be to see how that goes like i wish that ga- i wish that game was tonight so just so like joe and b could be his like obnoxious fucking trash talking self and see if you could get fucking uh joe kitch to snap again sure for sure um I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty much all the topics. Yeah, ran game through, starting soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much ran through all the topics, man. It was good to finally, you know, talk to you, Nolan. Yeah, it's been a episode. minute, man. Definitely. Uh, before we go, final predictions for the game tonight. What are you thinking? Oh, Nick's blowout, man. Let's, let's whoop the books ass. Let's go. But I got, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. I got, I got money on it, so I'm right there with you. All right, for sure. Hopefully, Randall gets, you know, is on fire and. And he's able to, you know, because I think the Bucks are really gonna push. They they got back Drew Holiday and mm-hmm. and, and they, they they didn't like losing to us. And hopefully Grayson Allen doesn't put up like eighty million threes in the first. Yeah, half. that was that was insane. That drove me crazy. I know you're. Dude. I was smiling a little bit. Can't lie. I know you were. <laughs> we, we talked about it, but shit. But um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm hoping for the best tonight. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes either way, but. Um, you know, let's go next. Sure. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. Make sure to follow Nolan on Twitter. Make sure to follow the Corner Three Pod on Twitter. Make sure to check out our website. I had put, uh, wrote an article just before the season had started about everything surrounding the Knicks. So, uh, make sure to check that out too. I also have an article coming out of, uh, with the Golden State and their run. So, uh, so far in the early start of the season, should be coming out uh, by this weekend. So, uh, we. We'll, we'll, On that note, uh, yeah, peace, man. Good talking to you, Nolan. Good talking to you guys. Talk to you all next week.